Hi, I'm Jane. And I'm Hugh. And you are listening to That'll Teach You. Hi, Jane. Hi, Hugh. How's your week going? It's great, yeah. Back at school, safely back at school by this point. We're, we've been around for a while. We've had a school trip already. We'll have oh, to talk about school trips. We're, at so some that's going to be an episode when I say we both came back absolutely exhausted. And then we mm. both went into like such busy other things going on outside of life. But, anyways, we are just getting over that, really. Yeah. But anyway, we don't need to talk about a school trip today because we're very excited today. We're joined by another special guest, Jane. We are joined by another special guest. We have Kira Riley here with us today. Kira is a lecturer in Merino. We've had Jen on Jen O'Sullivan on recently, so we are absolutely thrilled to be having Kira on today. So hi Kira, thank you so much for joining us. Hi Jane, hi Hugh. It's lovely to be here. As I said, Delighted to be here. You might notice it's getting a bit dark outside. I'm still in work late, but I am missing bath and bedtime. So take as long <laughs> as you want, folks. Delighted to be here. So it's a very tactical <laughs> so stay in work late. Two hours later. Well, all I'm saying is I'm cashing in on some time that was due to me, you know? So I'm Absolutely. delighted to be spending it with you guys. <laughs> you are dead right. Listen, Kira, at some point your husband is just going to have to be able to do his own bath and bedtime. <laughs> Look at I've been saying it for years now. I mean, it's time he grew a little bit of independence. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so just before we started recording this um, podcast, so Kira and Hugh know each other from years and years ago. And I have to say, they've been spilling the dirt now for the last about 20 minutes on the people that they knew in, in UCD. I tell you, there's a book. There's there a is a book in those. And I, I, I've, uh, we can talk about this off the podcast but there's definitely some people who are around UCD in our time who I, I genuinely do think that they could end up playing significant roles in Irish society in the future and let me yeah. tell you we have the camera roles that will oh, we, we knew it pull all. their political lives into jeopardy in the future so look <laughs> and the other ones Kira, are probably still hanging around UCD you know? well there was a bit of that I mean you know? I'm very proud I'm very proud to say that my time in UCD was only extended by one extra year. Mm. I did my law degree and I very sensibly took my year out to engage in student life once I had bagged the degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that was call. key. Right. Yeah. If you if you if you disengage during the degree, it's harder to get back on um, back. the bus. Yeah. yeah, we've all heard of the people who who were going through an arts degree for seven years but had really outstanding um contributions made to student life. Which look at <laughs> do you know what? In many ways, looking back now, what will stand to them more? Oh, <laughs> Absolutely. Life experience. Just just like our law degrees. <laughs> no? My law degree has look, it has meant so much to me when I've been, you know, out on yard duty, um, oh, yeah. uh, dealing with disputes. Mm-hmm. Definitely, I feel like there's a lot of parallels one could draw between the classroom and the courtroom. Oh, so. absolutely, I'm sure. Listen, every day I wonder, should I have stuck with the criminals or <laughs> kept with the kids? I'm not sure, you know. But, That's a sentence. But, but, Fond memories. Fond so memories. Kira was in college with me, but... Did she lecture you, So, Jane? So, Kira was in college with you, but I was also in college with Kira, but in a different situation. So, I went to Merino. I would like to think I haven't made a lasting um, impression on you because I feel like I wasn't like a trouble causer in class. I mean, you Look, might disagree. <laughs> what's key is, right, if you don't end up getting to know somebody very well, that's probably a very, very good sign. That's what I think. That's what I think. Absolutely. So, so 
to you know obviously um and this can stand as a reference for you jane was an outstanding student <laughs> and i would recommend her for any position going forward <laughs> I cause no oh. trouble during classes. No Listen, Kira, here's the thing, right? I'm going to tell you now. I wasn't on the phone during class. I wasn't hungover during class. But no, no. To be fair, actually, and I sound like the mean girl's cool mom. If you're going to be on phone in my class, I'm assuming you're going to be doing work. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's the approach I like to take. And look, once you're not interfering with my ability to speak to students um, and you keep the snoring to a minimum, we're grand. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I might say that about my own classroom, too, my sixth classroom. It'd be great if a few of them went to sleep. Guys, we're all just trying to get by. You know what? Absolutely. Sometimes it's best that everyone grabs a few Zs. <laughs> that's it. So, Kira, so you were saying, so you were a primary school teacher. Yes. So did the law degree and did the FE ones just to really make sure that I was really torturing myself. And then I decided, you know what, really, I I had always been mm, betwixt and between, humming and hawing between teaching and law in school. And I suppose all of my family are teachers. So I thought I was different. And I said, I'd give law a go. No regrets on that front. As I say, had great years in UCD. But ultimately then decided that the postgrad, as it was, now the PME, was the route for me. And I applied. Actually, I still have, I'm in my office and I still have my postcard of acceptance for my original submission for the postgrad. And yeah, got my place here in Merino. And I was a student here in 2010, 2011. And then after that, obviously, was lucky enough to get into a great school. I was a primary school teacher in St. Peter's Bray, which was when I joined a boys senior school and then became fully vertical mixed by the time I had left. And I had eight really happy years there. Absolutely loved it. And I still refer to it as my school. It's my home school and, you know, you're gone, but you're never really gone. It's kind of a Hotel California. And that ended up being (laughs) the way with Marino as well. There's a boomerang effect here where Mm. lots of the staff actually were students here. You know, you could be unlucky enough, Jane, to find yourself back working with us one day. I have to say, Kira, I've been thinking about it. It's been in the back of my head, you know. (laughs) And then I was part-time lecturing here and I joined Marino as a full-time member of staff in March 2020, which was a wonderful time to start anything. Mm. yeah it was brilliant yeah so like within a matter of weeks we were all working from home uh but yeah primary school teacher at the heart of what I do and still very much have one foot and my heart in the classroom still can I just ask yes I have been listening but I also can't get over the fact they just sent you a postcard with your acceptance (laughs) is there no privacy in the world so the postman is just like, oh, she's got in. Good for her. Well, no, this was like, like, guys, we're talking about 2009 here, okay? The 14th of December, 2009. And this was my acknowledgement postcard. I have, oh, yeah, it is sorry. an actual postcard. Have you laminated that? Yeah, I did, Hugh. Okay. You're such a teacher. <laughs> I am the cliche moon chore, okay? <laughs> so, Kira, I suppose we, we've got you on. Like, your, your area of expertise would be ICT. Is that correct? Yeah, ICT, digital learning, it's actually, it's kind of a, what you call it is in a stage or a state of transition at the moment. More recently, the department would refer to, I suppose, the ICT side is more like hardware and software mm. and the approaches to implementing and teaching using technology is the use of digital technologies uh, within, and they like to phrase it, teaching, learning, and assessment. And mm. then 
also leadership and management. So we kind of say digital technologies. I'm kind of more comfortable with that phraseology because I think it incorporates a little bit more and it's a bit sounder from like pedagogical or teaching point of view. No, absolutely makes sense. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you a little secret. I actually Googled what ICT stands for last night because I was like, wait a minute, is this what we're calling the episodes? So look, digital learning, perfect. Yes. Digital technologies. Digital, digital technologies, digital learning, uh, ICT. Look, I've been call me whatever I'm sure I've been called worse <laughs> you know I'm already I'm like I am learning lots already <laughs> yeah we were like oh ice cream trucks so. <laughs> I was trying to think I was trying to think anything else I'm so bad at this game I was like quick think of something with ICT <laughs> but you do hit on something there there are far too many acronyms in our area that people mm. assume people understand it's just one of the many examples of how I feel like my area feels inaccessible to a lot of people because they just maybe don't understand initially what things are and then the wall comes up where some people are like oh it not for me i can't do that probably based on the fact that they've had negative experiences themselves or as is often the case with teachers they haven't received the appropriate instruction or support where they can actually play with technology um, yeah. to get to know things because that that guided learning doesn't exist it's one of my many rants I could go on about the support that is there for teachers is superb under the new um it's called IDIA now people on on the podcast might be more familiar with it as being called PDST back in the day mm-hmm. professional development service yeah. for teachers now recently re- reformed with other support services but the team offering supports there is superb like it's top class support you can get and I, full disclosure yes I did work for them at one stage but there's not enough of that support people need more access to it all of that you know so they need more funding there's another hobby horse I could go on we can talk about funding later if you want oh <laughs> your next episode yeah. Kira, now on to my list of enemies yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what i actually thought just before i came on um i i have seen so you so if if we refer people to your instagram so your instagram is kira riley lecture you do you post some really really interesting issues that teachers and educators face but here's a question how do you um think like uh, artificial intelligence or chat gpt will affect people writing lesson plans or even just like activities that people come up with for lessons so like the fact of the matter is i would be absolutely happy to state and stand over the idea that ai will help us to work smarter not harder and there's lots of mundane tasks that the use of tools such as chat gpt can help us dispose of so that we can really focus on what we're really supposed to be doing which is teaching you know and we know that teachers are labored under the weight of that those mundane admin tasks now they're important but they're the time consuming things that if we can speed up that process again we have more energy to expend on what really matters our classroom performance so you know, it is going to change things. I like to think that we are entering, say, at third level, we are entering a space of dialogue about AI. We're not running away from it. You can't pretend it doesn't exist. It is here. It is going yeah. to be used. So if we enter into our use of it in a, a kind of an environment of transparency, I think that's better for everybody. But look, it's going to change things. And it doesn't, of course, it is not perfect. It is still deeply flawed. But I am open to seeing where it takes us. 
very cautiously mm. with all of the caveats that have been outlined so far. But I'm interested to see. And look, the fact of the matter is, if a lesson plan can be written on a particular topic or it gives you a sense of where to go, students and teachers, I feel, so, sometimes suffer from like the, the white page fear. Mm. Where do I begin? Where do I begin? How do I start? And if ChatGPT acts as like a stimulus and you're not like savagely following something just because it has declared this to be an approach to take... Look, it's something to start with, you know? Yeah. yeah, it's a good starting point. I would agree with you, absolutely. And even just like for ideas. So we, we were away last year and it was your friend who brought up the topic of, who is who's also a teacher, brought up the topic of, you can go, you can say, you know, write me a lesson plan for this age children, for this subject, I want X, Y, and Z to be covered. And absolutely. it gives you actually great activities. So like great I, activities. I've seen, like I haven't used it myself, but I have seen... And maybe maybe one day I'll have a look at it. But um, it, from what I've seen, it can give you really, really um, inventive activities that you, that you can do in the classroom. And maybe if you're, if you're coming up to a topic, like maybe if you, if you take maths, for example, that you're like, oh God, I'm running out of steam here with, you know, specific um, like hands-on activities or fun activities. Perhaps it would be a good starting point for, for teachers. Absolutely. I, I have used it very successfully to assist in the making of like rubrics and stuff for assignments. Mm. That's great. You know, there's lots of different ways it can be used. I'd highly recommend people check out Dr. Monica Burns, B-U-R-N. Her stuff is excellent. She has like a 50 way, uh, uh, like an e-booklet you can download, like 50 ways or 50, 100, whatever, ways to use uh, AI in the classroom. And okay. it's like prompts you can give. And I really mm. would encourage people to check out that kind of thing. You know, this is ahead of us we yeah. cannot outrun it as I keep yeah. saying so we have to learn to live with this and I mean part of it it frightens me it does but I'm trying to as I try to with all technological change I try to focus on how we can learn to live with it and to promote healthy use of it like when it comes to I'd have the same ethos when it comes to say digital citizenship and online safety use of mm. mobile phones when we talk to children it's the exact same thing it's here we cannot retreat now. So how are we going to move forward to learn to live with it? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, God, you, you brought up a really, I feel like in schools, that the topics of phones and, and digital literacy is just, I actually, it actually makes me, I know this is probably such a old fashioned thought process to have, but it actually makes me so upset and worried for mm. the children in our classes. We both teach yeah. sixth, sixth and even just like how they talk about how they interact at the weekend and they're yeah. making these videos on YouTube and oh, I don't know, actually maybe I shouldn't say, I don't actually don't think that's supposed to be I think YouTube is 13s isn't it well look therein lies the the fallacy of those you know, like the digital age of consent or appropriate ages to be on these platforms I mean it is being ignored and I'm not mm. surprised to hear you say that and look you're absolutely right you're articulating a lot of the kind of fears that people have. I certainly have a huge fear that we are going to look back at this time and say, how did we let those companies dictate our lives to this degree? And, you know, I always give the analogy of if you say to a parent, you know, I'm just going to take your child from you. I'm going to bring them down to a local or even, you know, further beyond shopping center. And I'm going to leave them there unaccompanied for a number of hours. You're not going to know who they're talking to or who they're interacting with. Are you okay with that? No mm. parent would possibly agree to that. But that is what is happening online. And look, children's 
lives now, the walls of the school and the home are porous. They're moving interchangeably between this real life existence and this digital world. They cannot and do not distinguish between the relationships that exist in these environments. Mm. So it's hugely challenging. But the whole mobile phone debate that's happening in schools at the moment, it's very, I suppose I'm irritated by it because this talk of banning phones, when to me a ban already exists, I'm not aware of any school that actually currently permits use of smartphones in schools. So mm. uh, I think what we need to focus on is schools working with the home, which we're already doing, absolutely. But we act as allies supporting parents who I really do feel have to start making some serious decisions mm. about when and how their child is accessing social media. Yeah, and that's the point because we we can't we can't do anything if there's not the support at home, you know. And also, you know, but it's also I don't know, you get this sometimes and we're we're straying off topic I feel, but I think it's very interesting so we'll keep going. Yeah. Which is just just parents not being willing to actually be the parent and actually mm-hmm. lay down rules in their own household, you know? It's like your child is 8 or 10 or 12, like you're allowed to not let them have their phone or not let them use an iPad at a particular time, you know? it's And there are children, you know, we all know children who we know are up all night on devices, you know? Mm. And, and that's happening because parents aren't on top of it. Look, it's a societal issue, like it's a school It's a school issue because it's an issue in the home in the first instance and in society. Now, parents have my sympathy. I mean, it's really, really difficult. Are you going to be the one parent to take a stand? But, you know, I would agree with you as a parent. Now, luckily, mine aren't mobile phone owners yet. But I... I, would like to think that, you know, it will be on myself and my husband to dictate when and how they access particular things. And I think there's this sense parents struggle with that they want their child to like them. And secondly, that they don't want to have a negative impact on their child's social development. And because so much of that is happening via social media, they don't want to be the reason their child is unhappy by not being able to access it. But again... The problem is you have to not believe everything that your child says. And this for example, true. the things I hear, you know, first of all, it's like, oh, well, well, you know, they say everyone else is on Snapchat. And I was like, well, they're not all on Snapchat. You know, maybe a third of them are on or something. And no, it's not even that the child is lying because in the child's mind, they, are they all feel looking. left yeah, out, obviously, yeah. you know, but it's that same thing. And the other thing that really worries me, I suppose, is that you can talk till you're blue in the face about phone safety and privacy and all these things. And they... They understand to an extent, but they just, and maybe, look, this is human nature. Mm -hmm. They believe it doesn't apply to them, you know? Oh, yeah. That happens to somebody else, you know? And this is my fear. I feel like we are letting this happen to this generation of children and nobody is shouting stop. And that frightens me because I do think for some children, they actually don't know what normal online behavior is. Now, I'm talking about what I would deem to be the lower level stuff, maybe like, Uh, obsessive screen time which is serious in and of itself of course but fascination uh, and obsession with gaming right up then to much more serious issues such as accessing porn online which is Mm. you know 
I, I cannot understand why we are not talking about that issue more, you know, and that is an issue for children as young as primary school going yeah. children. Mm-hmm. And we're sleepwalking into this issue. So that's why I feel like it's a red herring for us to talk about banning mobiles as being like, this will be the silver bullet. This will address the issue. We're doing that already. We know that's insufficient. What more have we got to throw at this issue? Because we have got to work harder for children. Mm-hmm. We have got to come up with solutions and schools can help families but I really do believe we need now a massive social campaign on this to empower parents to help them to make better decisions about how and when their child accesses the internet And I suppose, so we've kind of touched on something there just about like safety online. And one of the questions that I had for you, and we bring it back to digital technologies. I feel like I, I feel like I kind of started the bit of the, the, the digressing because I was like, what do you think about plans? And here we are. But um, so in, in relation to safety um, online in the classroom, um, like even researching, I feel like um, when you um, allow children or, you know, or you um, give children devices to research for projects, I'm always so conscious. Like I would mm-hmm. never, I, I, I just don't want them Googling mm-hmm. is one. So I, I'll always do QR codes, but it's so time consuming. Like I wonder, yeah. do you have any, any um, tips for just, you know, uh, keeping children researching as safe as possible in the classroom? Well, yeah, there'd be a couple of things I'd recommend. I wouldn't be nervous about like restricting their options when they are researching and ensuring that they are and herein lies a digital literacy digital media lesson where you talk about reliable and appropriate Mm. sources my goodness children aren't the only ones who need to learn that lesson but we talk about how we need to use certain websites and why we need to and why have we chosen to use this particular Mm -hmm. website to research from that we don't just google things because how do we know that we can stand over any content that we just read online because it happens to be online so that's a very important thing don't be afraid to actually take your researching a topic because you're doing a project on xyz take that as an opportunity to bring in the chat about digital literacy and online safety it should infiltrate conversations in everything we do in school this idea that oh we cover that in an sphe lesson and we'll do that now in in february because that's on the yearly Mm. plan no we need to be having these conversations all the time so yes restrict give them a reduced choice and and, and talk about that. I'm also a big fan of, particularly if children are on iPads, locking them into particular apps or platforms. If you have, say, within an iPad, you can have some an app called Apple Classroom installed on the class set. I have like the master iPad and all of you are in my class mm-hmm. and I can, through my master iPad, dictate or everything you see push out particular apps or sites and then lock you within them to restrict your use within the use of that but again therein lies the the gaps that teachers don't know about these kind of approaches techniques they maybe don't have access to technology to be able to restrict the child's use of the internet but it needs to be an ongoing campaign of knowledge development in the child where it actually starts with digital literacy about appropriate news sources fake news reliable information etc and then you talk about what websites are good to use Mm. okay that's really helpful thank you (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm a big fan though of honestly um bringing it back to just books like there's websites like you know Encyclopedia Britannica yeah. you can access content through Skullnet yeah. you can go into I'm a big big fan of when you're trying to um again do some research use some platforms or apps that are particularly good for uh, accessing reading material one I love is Epic reading oh so yeah Epic, that's fantastic yeah are you familiar yeah. with that yeah it's, I, I describe it as like Netflix for books yeah. for children and again you're finding it's crucial that you're getting the children to source their information from informed sources mm-hmm. um, and the content must be age appropriate so yeah. yes just googling or even going on news sites won't be appropriate yeah no I'm a big fan of so um when I had fourth and fifth class um I had QR codes, like researching QR yes. codes up on the wall and like all of those websites um, that you mentioned and you know, there's like Natural Geographic, there's a kid's version of Natural Brilliant. Geographic and there's, there are a few different, there are, um, actually there's, there, there are quite a lot of um, websites that are child appropriate for researching. So it is great. Absolutely. But I found, but then, yeah, anyways, I think it's just, you know, I wasn't too sure if QR codes was the way forward, but oh, it's just hard if to you, maneuver. Uh, if, if you have devices in the classroom with a camera, QR codes are excellent. And let me tell you, they're the only way to go if you've junior classes. Because if you're trying to spell out a URL or get a, a younger child to insert oh, no. a URL, it's a lot more challenging. <laughs> what is a teacher? Where's the dot go? No. Um, QR oh. codes are the way to go. Um, I'm yeah. a big believer. And the fact that you can get the QR code that's integrated like even into your internet browser so you yeah. can immediately make that accessible. Big fan of that. And I know a lot of people are users now of classroomscreen.com. I don't know okay. if you've heard yeah. of that. It's a really nice desktop site that I would have it open as like a workstation every day in the classroom where I'm still in it. And, you know, you can have like your timer. You can have a random name selector. You can theme your whole screen based on whatever it is that you're working on at any one time. But one of the tools that they have on it, and it's really nifty, is a QR code generator. So say, for example, I want to get the children to see something on rte.ie. I can just pop in the URL and the QR code's automatically generated. I can pull it out to Mm. um, maximize its view and the children can just scan the device and get to it. God, that's great. I'm gonna, when I'm listening back to this edit, I actually yes. say, I say it every every episode. Whenever I'm listening back to the edit, I always have a little notes app open. I tell you, Kira, try like, that. every single episode makes me a better teacher. I'm like, I'm learning so much. Oh, look at I know. I was listening to my own colleague, Jen, and I was like, yeah. that's great. Tell me more. Oh, <laughs> Let's talk to you about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is why podcasts like this are so important, because actually teachers are so busy. We and we prioritize mad stuff like planning and excessive meetings. We don't talk about teaching and learning approaches enough. We don't talk about things that work for each other enough. Uh, we don't yeah. pass on those good ideas enough. We need no. to get better at that. So we, we spoke about digital literacy. And I, I feel like even, I mean, you know, what, what you've said, like we, I, I can agree, you know, as, as two people who are out in the field, like you don't do enough work on digital literacy. So we really appreciate that, um, that nugget of wisdom there. Because I think, you know, especially at the, it being the start of the school year, it'd be great to go into the school year with that oh, mentality. Yeah. But we did mention as well apps, apps that you can have um, in the classroom. I know we had a question from a follower yes. um, about specific apps. Now it was, I, I, I sent it to you and I was like, it's very broad, but also... Kira, apps. <laughs> Tell us more. Apps. I'm going to shake my iPad and see what falls out. So the most important thing for people to remember, and if anybody is to take anything away from this podcast, it's to start small and build up and to understand that schools are at various different stages in their digital learning journey. 
and their digital leadership journey and that schools have various levels of investment and that of course will impact on what you're capable of doing. So that's my proviso to say from the off. But as regards the apps, it's just important to remember that we want apps where the children themselves ideally are making, creating and doing. So some of my favorite apps would definitely include Doink, which is an app for using this green screen. You can see my green screen there in the background. A fantastic app. You can use green screening across the curriculum. I'm also a huge fan of Book Creator. Book Creator is great because you can do everything with it. Yeah, it's just an interactive copy book in which you can put in multimedia uh, objects so you can get the child to reflect upon their work. They can write a story. That story could be in Irish, English, any language of your choosing. I've seen people use it beautifully to create like dual language texts, mm. epic reading. It's really superb for accessing texts, fiction and nonfiction texts, a wide variety there. I'm also a big fan of creating instructional videos for children. Oh. Uh, so I would use Screencastify or Loom. I really like Loom. And I would use, and I did use this in the classroom where I would make very short, sharp, videos where I would normally with mostly for maths where I would have led the children through an equation or an activity and recorded a little mini video and the child could access somewhere between 20 to 30 instructional support videos that would help them with their homework or if they needed to review particular activities ahead of an activity in class I also love your coding and programming apps you'll see my um bebop map behind me here the bebop app is great scratch junior as an app is excellent if you're just beginning coding and programming my goodness i could keep going forever i haven't even gotten into the portfolio stuff so obviously seesaw which is nearly a dirty Mm. word now (laughs) seesaw still there kahoot as a quizzing tool is excellent oh yeah yeah like there's so many i haven't even then gotten kind of into additional needs supports and all of that there's so many apps that can help in that regard but i mean I think if I was advising somebody, I would say start small and build up. Mm. Pick one app. Honestly, if you take one app a semester or a term and try and build up your use of it, that would be great. If people are interested in apps and trying to get access to like, oh, what's a good maths app or what's a good literacy app? I actually have on my Instagram account, Story Saved, where I have screen grabs from my own iPad. So you can actually see the apps that I have myself that I would regularly use. That is great. Yeah, but I think even what you say there, yeah, it's about even because I mean, even when you when you hear all the different apps, it can be so overwhelming. Oh. You know? Whereas people just need to, as you say, start small and see what works. And I remember even so, the year I started teaching was twenty twenty, and I was teaching third class, and we used Seesaw, and we actually we we all set it up at the start because we knew there was a risk that, and it obviously happened that we ended up back online. Um, yes, but I have to say, and I haven't used it since because I've been in sixth class and I've been using google classroom as a, as yes. a platform but i <laughs> i had a great time on seesaw i loved some of the things you could do <laughs> and even even just little things that i would get them to do and, and different ways to assess assess their learning because i used to if i'd give them homework i'd very like let's say they had some maths and i'd put it up on seesaw but then they also had to record themselves explaining how they did two of the sums brilliant or like that you know or if they were if they had you know you know some vocab Oscar get to learn again like I want you recording yourself saying the words you know saying the words in English saying the words in Irish whatever else and so then again they're engaging with the technology Absolutely. it's a little bit you, you I mean you can move from that to 
getting the kids podcasting, you know, you can get them mm. engaging with all sorts of different technology, but but they're getting used to that, you know, and and they loved it. You know, they absolutely loved getting homework they do. on Seesaw, you know. Absolutely. And you're allowing them to produce output in different ways. And you're exactly. telling them that there is no one way of accessing text or understanding text yeah. and producing text. Uh, and that's really important. I mean, if you look at the primary language curriculum, it absolutely endorses the use of digital literacy yeah. tools, digital uh, media is encouraged that the child would not just consume it, but actually produce it. Um, and I'm really glad to hear, you know, you talk about like your use of Google Classroom, because, you know, if I was starting from scratch now, that's where we need to be. Mm. You know, we talk about what schools need to do. I actually fundamentally believe if we call a halt to everything and just sometimes I just want to shout stop and just say, look, we need to set up schools to work as places of work. Every school, um, and I'm not paid to endorse either, but they're probably going to go down the, the route of deciding I'm a Google school or I'm a Microsoft school. You decide what works for you. I do have my personal preference, but you will have to pay me for, to tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you set up the staff to work, to, to share together, to collaborate together, to share planning material and teaching resources, to communicate appropriately. We made so much progress it, it, it feels wrong really to reflect that any progress was made in society at all during the pandemic mm. but the great onlining the black swan event that was covid allowed us to really progress in this area and i think everyone listening to this podcast will say look my school managed to do so many amazing things i thought we would never be capable of mm. doing but i feel like we've lost that momentum now and i get it there is a tech fatigue that's fine but there was so much learning that took place during that time and people adapted so many new approaches to using technology staff and pupils and I feel like we've lost it we need to go back into that space and really look at all of those skills that we learned and and, and try to learn from that and teach each other what we've learned so that we can all progress and benefit from that knowledge Mm. or you could start a podcast and then get lectures on to teach you about all of those things <laughs> i'll just sit on my soapbox only portico now this is where you need to go let's get us check back in for next week to see who's on next yeah we're actually putting in a big bid for some department funding now you know to really i should hope so no akira i think like what i got from from this conversation and i'm sure the listeners got it too is you know I suppose you've, you've raised some of the issues that we have in, in school and in society, but, but also I think I found it quite reassuring in some ways, I think again, oh. and, and the teachers will realize that, you know, th there is no solution to all things and, and, you know, it is all an incremental approach. And I think you've also given some Absolutely. very practical steps to just improving day-to-day -day teaching. So thank you so much for coming on. Absolutely. I've, I've really enjoyed it. And you're so right. I'm so glad you're finishing on that note, that sense of like, you know, teachers are trying really, really hard and be so proud of the progress that you made during the pandemic. The survival mode ended up transitioning at some stage into a place of real learning and that was remarkable considering how difficult that time was for everybody yeah. and to just commend teachers for their ongoing commitment and, and effort in this area to constantly upskill and to improve their digital practice i have nothing but good things to say about their commitment in this area oh that's really nice <laughs> it's true pat yourselves all get i feel like i'm back to school now. lean around there now and pat your partner there now on the back <laughs> you're all we're a great bunch of lads all together. Someday we'll have a guest on who doesn't make Jane cry, but <laughs> hasn't oh, happened yet. 
No, no, no. My students will tell you, I actually insist on tears. I have like a repertoire of videos actually to induce tears. Uh, here's one for you, Jane. Have you ever listened to Ian Wright on Desert Island Discs talking no. about his teacher? Oh, when you get off the call, okay, pop it on. It's a great tearjerker. It's a great one to show teachers on uh, International Teachers Day, which is, I think, the first week in October. Mm. So you can all, it's a classic one of Ian Wright talking about his uh, ch- a childhood teacher who made a real profound impact oh. on his life and I'm it's already like beautiful- <laughs> oh prepare to ugly cry okay oh, I'm thinking is, I do that every day <laughs> if 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 you don't get like the leave Britney alone levels of <laughs> angst in your face it you're not doing it right okay oh, there's there's another tip for us all yeah who thought we'd get that Kira if people want to I guess hear more of what you have to say where can they find you I'm on Instagram mostly these days. Kira Riley Lecturer is the handle there. But also, I am kind of an, not an active participant as much on uh, X anymore. I just I can't opal fruits. Uh, su- yeah. Super quick, I I just can't get on board. It's a such a problematic space now. I try to avoid it, but look, that's where if you want to set an agenda or talk about issues, it's a place to be. So I am there on X as Prime Ed Teacher, but also. You know, people often contact me via email, kira.riley at mie.ie. If I can ever help or support teachers in any way, I'm only delighted to do that. So, yeah, keep in touch. Always happy to hear from people. And, you know, if you if you if you listen to that Desert Island Discs, you can then cry to you can you can then send Kira. Kira just gave you her email. So you can then email Kira to tell her how to Or better still. Go on to seesaw and record yourself <laughs> crying. Absolutely, in we could actually I want, make a Padlet and then get people to send in. <laughs> if if I don't get like wailing voice notes from people about yeah. how moved they were, I will have failed. <laughs> I can't believe we're plugging Desert Island Discs and not my podcast. That's what really annoys me oh, here. Oh, Hugh, yeah. I hear I hear you have a podcast. Hugh, maybe you should tell us all about. Oh. It. <laughs> funny you mention it I, I won't take up time if you want something very light hearted you can go and listen to legitimate likes and Jane's even been on it a few times would you believe I have been on it a few yeah. times and we did an episode about school so there you are if you want to go and listen mm-hmm. and decide very... whether or not school is a legitimate like or if you'd like <laughs> to hear about all the fights I've been in mm-hmm. you can listen to the episode on dreams <laughs> yeah. yeah interesting interesting as you can tell, that's it's really at the cutting edge there over on the gym with Life. So a very silly comedy podcast, but please do check it out if you think that I sound like I have funnier friends. So. <laughs> oh my god! Are you saying you say that I'm not funny? No. You have I'm more I'm not funny. funny. Oh, okay. You're saying I wasn't funny. Sorry. We'll cut he this needs, Kira, Kira he needs all of you around him. You yeah. know. I think. Can you agree? It sounded like he was saying I'm not funny. Yeah, it was very unclear. Hugh, just be be more clear in your communication thank you it's not the sort of feedback she gave in marina wow this is like when today i pointed at a kid and told them to watch it who did i did, did? It. oh watch it oh they were being very cheeky no it's the silent stare that's what you need mm, to mm. Yeah, Say nothing. Hugh has a good silent stare as yeah. well. I did. I actually, so I gave out uh, to a couple of classes um, about their lining up in yard yesterday. Oh, yes. And uh, yeah, which, <laughs> which mainly started from, again, I, I did the sort of I'll stand and wait till they're ready to go in. Oh, yes. And I'm, yes. And I told them then, I said, I said, I said it was ridiculous, the carry on that was going <laughs> oh, on. Yes. But I also said, listen, 
you'd better tell your teachers about this before I get to them. Oh. Because by the time I talk to them about it, I want them to know about it. And it turned out they did. They went up and confessed. But then today, 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 at at one o'clock, I went out to the yard. I wasn't even on duty, but I just went out and leaned against the door and watched them lining up. To see if they see. Isn't that Isn't that brilliant <laughs> And Kira, I'm a very friendly teacher but, Oh I'm sure oh. you are But don't get on the wrong side no. no My approach was always That I just Can't even look Right now oh. I am so Disappointed And I know I, I always try to go For the whole I know you know How to behave So mm. that's oh, why that's a good line This is just such a blow to me Now I know you can come back from this. So you'd like build in the restorative yeah, element. Yeah, yeah. I know we can come back. <laughs> or or I, like, I like the, I know this isn't who you are. Oh yeah. That's absolutely what I awesome. You love oh, that one. I use that one quite. In spite of all the evidence, Jane tells them she knows it's not who they are. Thank you so much again for coming on. Thank you guys. It was really enjoyable. And as I say, thank you for helping me avoid bedtime. (laughs) This is a night off for me. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Please do uh, listen to our other episodes of That'll Teach You. You can find them wherever you get your podcasts. And indeed, follow us on Instagram at That'll Teach You Podcast and get in touch. Let us know what you would like us to discuss next on the podcast. And tell a friend about it. Tell a teacher friend or a parent friend or anyone who you think might enjoy it. Um, Because we are certainly learning a lot from it. So we hope that you will too. And have a bit of fun. into the bargain so until the next time goodbye bye